0: Help for HD Live is going on air in five, four, three, two.
1: Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This program is made possible because of Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we have Christy Derian on with us uh, to share about her book um, that is she is writing for, uh, based off of the HD community, um, and it is called Livable Life or Lib- Livable Lifes, lives, sorry, livable lives, conversations with the Huntington's disease community. Um, And Christy is actually part of an HD family herself. So I'm really excited to have her on so we can talk about her story and her book. And Christy, thank you so much for joining me today.
2: Hey, good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
1: Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about your HD story and kind of what got you to write this book? Sure. Um,
2: So my family had no idea that we were an HD family, uh, not until my brother was diagnosed in 2014. So uh, he'd been having symptoms for a number of years, um, but it took a really long time to um, get to the right doctor, put all those pieces together, and figure out that he needed to be tested for Huntington's disease. Uh, so when when we knew that that's what he had, um, all of a sudden, all of these things about my dad and my grandpa made a lot of sense. Um, so my dad had had a lot of mental health issues. They were never properly explained. He saw a psychiatrist for many years. Um, he was never able to fit my dad's symptoms to diagnostic criteria for any illness. So nothing fit, but he didn't look further. And um, let's see, my dad died in 1996, so it's been a good long time. Um, but I remember these movements that he had. I can still see them in my mind. I had no idea what Huntington's disease was. I had never heard of Korea, but I, I remember these movements. So I really don't know why, um, excuse me, why this psychologist did or psychiatrist didn't realize he needed to see somebody else Uh, So my dad did die of cancer. He was never diagnosed before then. Um, And then my grandpa had been misdiagnosed with Parkinson's disease, Um, but he also had a lot of psychiatric symptoms. Um, And I met him for the first time when I was seven years old. uh, We lived on opposite sides of the country. So when I was seven, we drove all the way across country. And I met my grandparents for the first time. And um, at that point, my grandpa was living in a psychiatric hospital. So that was my introduction to Huntington's disease. Uh, so my brother's diagnosis meant that uh, those, those things I had grown up around that didn't really make a lot of sense, now they make a lot of sense. It also meant that um, we had to switch from trying to find something a diagnosis that would help my brother, something that would help him get better to a diagnosis that we knew meant he had a neurodegenerative disease. So that's a huge shift. Um, And uh, my siblings and I all had kids. So my brother's diagnosis meant that there were 10 of us who could have Huntington's disease and we had not known. Um, So I did test negative in 2019, so about five years later. Um, and at that point, um, I don't know if this is common, I think it is a little common, when you test negative, there's this this sense of, okay, well now what do I do, you know, um, I don't, I don't get to just move on as if everything is normal and my life is going to proceed normally, I still am, I still need to do something to contribute, so um, I thought about it for a number of years and and decided that I did want to go ahead and write a book and I wanted to write a book that would um, combine a lot of stories. I feel like I learned the most from other people, from other people's stories um, and then but also to use stories to illustrate different aspects of Huntington's disease that I think are hard to explain, hard to talk about. Um so yeah, the book is, um, organized around certain aspects of Huntington's disease to talk about them individually and then use stories to illustrate them. So the idea is to make it maybe a little easier to explain Huntington's disease to the people around us, maybe make it a little easier to have those conversations, hopefully make it a little easier to share our own stories. I know that's hard. It took me a really long time to be able to do it, um, and I'm still getting good at it, but that's, that's my intent and my goal. So,
1: well, yay for you testing negative. I always love to hear when people test negative. Um, but I do know that that does not mean it's the end of your HD story because you come from an HD family. So you still are in the thick of it. Um, and you, as an, uh, as I tell people who test negative all the time, uh, the best thing that you can do for those of, uh, those of us who are positive is to be a voice because we tend to lose ours. So um, yeah. that's exactly what you're doing. Um, and I'm so excited about that. Um, and your book is called Livable Lives, which I think is a very interesting uh, title. Can you tell us a little bit behind that? Yeah, yeah no,
2: um, I actually really love the title. Uh, so I ended up talking to just over 30 people and every conversation was different. Um, but there were a couple of conversations where somebody would say something, either you know, talk about a, a certain experience or talk about something in a particular way that just really stood out to me. So the title comes from from one of one of our conversations. So um, I was talking with a young woman. She's about the same age as my younger son. She was almost done with college when I talked to her. Uh, And when she was 18, she did test positive. So but before she tested, she knew that she she needed to have a plan for what she wanted her life to look like either way. So she she had a set plan for what her life would look like if she was negative and what her life would look like if it was positive. So when she did test positive, she already knew what her life path would be, what she wanted it to be. And so as she was talking about this, she she started talking about um, what that plan looked like and it was the time between now and when symptoms, when she expects symptoms to show up in middle age. And she said, I call it my livable life. It's the the time when I get to live the life of my choosing, the time before I have symptoms. And so it wasn't necessarily a like a positive um, term for her but uh, after I after I spoke with her and, and as I listened to more conversations, I just kept thinking about that term, and and you know people would talk a lot about um, you know how they approach every day, you know some people it's like well you know they try as much as they can to have uh, as positive an outlook as they can. Um, sometimes for people, as and as I was listening to them, I kept thinking of this livable life term. So for some people, a livable life might mean just really focusing on the present, right? This is this is a common thing where, you know, you think about the future. That's really difficult. Um, you think about the past. Those are the things that you know that are are have been lost. And so, really, you know, to to have a livable life, you focus you focus right on the um, what's right in front of you, right? And then for some people, it's you know making those plans for the future, making decisions that fit a future, either knowing that Huntington's disease will be in that future, or if you're at risk, if you're not sure if that's what's going to be in your future. So, you know, as soon as she said it, I I felt like it was a really meaningful term. And then again, as I, as I listened to other people, it just, it just really seemed to fit what I was hearing from other people. So I think it has so many meanings in some ways. It's a really, it can be like a positive affirmation of, you know, living, life as well as you possibly can, um, making life for your HD loved one is as good as it possibly can be. Um, but it's also just managing to, and coping and just, you know, doing what you can to, to, uh, live in this world as well as you can. So.
1: Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so in your first chapter, you actually go into your own story, um, which is, Very powerful. I've I've been reading um your first chapter and it's really, really just powerful. Um, but there's one place that just made me stop and I went, oh my goodness, this is this is such a great perspective um, because I can relate to it so well. Um and if you would, if you could just read that paragraph that we talked about, uh, because I really want other people to hear it.
2: Sure. During those early months. I remember feeling the presence of an alternate version of myself, a new version that was at risk for Huntington's disease. I didn't want to interact with this new version of myself and yet I couldn't get away from her. She was always there like an unwelcome guest waiting for me to notice. I could push my thoughts about Huntington's disease aside for periods of time, but they always returned. Gradually, over many months, being at risk for Huntington's disease became a part of me, a new me. And, keep going. Um, <laughs> uh, so while the old me could think about growing old or thinking ahead to new adventures, the new me didn't know what to plan for. Were symptoms just around the corner or maybe even already present? Was I on the precipice of a long and slow decline? Was my future one where I could choose my path or was it one where my ability to do so would be whittled away little by little? And the question that was hardest to face, had I passed the same fate along to my two boys, their future was bound to mine. And that thought was too much to bear.
1: I mean, for me, that's such a a powerful paragraph. One is such a good way of putting it when when you're sitting there newly at risk for it, you know, just finding out about HD and you're sitting there like there's this other version of myself that has not become a part of yourself yet but it eventually becomes a part of you. And um, that was such a good way of looking at it. And then also that part, now that I have kids, I really feel, you know, that last part where you're talking about, you know, have I now brought this to my kids Mm -hmm. and um, how hard that is to bear? Um, That's, yeah. And, I mean, as I was reading the your first chapter and and your story um there were so many things that hit for me like that but um I thought that was a truly powerful point and I I just wanted you to read it for everybody um what do you think in your first paragraph would be a key part for you uh
2: the first paragraph for the book
1: or the first the first chapter I'm sorry the first chapter of oh, the first book. chapter
2: yeah uh I feel like the first chapter, I did want to share my own story, but I wanted to use it as a way to to kind of introduce readers to Huntington's disease and that overall picture. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, you know, disease that's not understood, um, a disease uh, that can take a long time to diagnose or is misdiagnosed, um, how families cope with with coming to terms with having it in the family, what it's like to be at risk, what it's like to go through the the testing process, what it's like to lose family members to the disease, you know, what it's like to worry about all of the different members of the family and how it affects them. Um, And then, uh, yeah, I I really feel like it's just a a jumping off point from there to go ahead and then move into other people's experiences and, um, and then, yeah, to talk more in depth about some of these kind of complicated aspects of the disease.
1: You do a great job. Um, You know, you talk about what your what your brother um, was going through and and the psychiatric side and the anxiety and um, and depression and all of that. But as it progressed and how, you know, you stop leaving the house and things become harder and you really go into that, which I think is really great. Um, Do you have for your for your chapters you do you already have those stories lined up I do
2: yeah um so one thing that I think is really interesting is um it's it's really random the people that I talk to but I really was able to divide them up into certain chapters just just by coincidence I have um stories for everything that that I want to talk about <laughs> so I, I don't know how that happened, but it it just all kind of fell into place. And so, so yeah, each chapter has two to four stories. One might have five stories. Um, and yeah, they, they just really do, I think, help the reader understand a little more about, about those different aspects of the disease. So.
1: And what I think is great too, is you have a chapter that will focus on the juvenile form of HD. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so that's not something that my family has experienced, and um, I don't know if this is always true, but it, it seems like it's often at the end, um, you know, either at the end of the story or kind of in its own spot away from the rest of everything about Huntington's disease. And so, I I put it as chapter four, so it's um, it's not it's not at the end. Um, so yeah, it's one of the first one of the first chapters after we get through the introductory stuff. So
1: which is awesome. Cause I think, like you said, everything kind of most things put it as this afterthought, but it's a really big part of our community. And, yeah. um, and so I love that you've included that as well. Um, so do you have a date yet as to when it's supposed to be released?
2: No, no. So I'm still writing. My goal is to have it available before the end of 2024. So I have, I have a year, but it, it won't be the end of 2024, but, um, I think I should be done with the first draft within a few months, and then I'll need to do, you know, all the editing and all the the full, whole process of getting it published. So, are you
1: planning a book tour? Oh,
2: I have no idea.
1: Sure, that would be fun. <laughs> you, should. I, you should. You I, should. I would love to meet everyone. everyone. I yeah. I would love to meet everyone I talk to in person. So yeah, absolutely. You should take it to all of the HD events and um yeah. and definitely set up at those events. Well. I'm I'm really excited to see, um, when you finish, uh, just reading the first chapter, I'm already hooked. It was so good. Um, thank you. And I guess, do you have a website where people can get updates? So right now I
2: just have social media. So I have Facebook and Instagram. Um, I'll be working on
1: a a website early in 2024. So awesome. We will look for that so I can post it. Um, and, and everything in our social media and um, our website um but I want to thank you so much for coming on and just sharing your story and also thank you for doing this you know not everybody can write a book and and explain in detail like you are uh, about what it is about those feelings and uh, and um, I think sometimes it's easier for us to shut it off to be able to cope while we're dealing with, HD um, in our lives, especially like if you're a caregiver, you know, it's much easier to mm-hmm. to shut it off because you have to take care of everything. Um, so it's nice to have somebody kind of be a voice and really let people know what real HD is. Um, and you'll be going into also like kind of describing HD as well, but then having those stories really, really show it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think Um, you really do need that that really good description to know that's where it starts, but you need the stories to really to understand what it means Mm -hmm. for individuals and families. So it'll be kind of both. It'll be, it'll be both of those things. So,
1: well, Guys, uh, make sure that you are looking out for Christy um, either on social media or when the website comes out. I'll make sure to share on the Help for HD live social media as well um, and keep you guys updated because I definitely think this is something that, you know, it's another tool in our arsenal, right? Like those stories and and things um in order to explain to other people not dealing with hd like they need to be able to understand it and this is a great way to understand and christy really just even reading the the first chapter has done an amazing job uh, with that thank you thank you so much yeah thank you christy for doing it and for coming on and talking about it and sharing your story i know that's not always easy to do um but i definitely appreciate it yeah no i i, I just really want to thank you for having me Thank you so much. Absolutely. So for those listening, um, please make sure that you guys are tuning in every Thursday at 4 PM. And um, I hope that you guys are having a good holiday season. We're coming up on 2024. I know that um, there are big things for Help for HD with 2024, but also for myself with, um, just being able to speak to pharmaceutical companies and um, a lot of plans that are, that are in the works. So I'm really looking forward to 2024 and I hope that you guys are too, and that you are making it through this holiday season. I love you guys very much and happy holidays.
0: Thank you for listening.